0: Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com.
1: Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Daniel Markin, and I'm joined today by Andrew Marcus. Andrew, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell uh, our audience, tell the people a little bit about who you are, where you came from, what you're doing. You know, what's what's your deal?
2: Sounds good, man. I'll tell you what my deal is. Um, name's Andrew. Born and raised in uh, here in Canada, in Surrey, British Columbia. And uh, I'm a music pastor at Coquitlam Alliance Church, going on seven years this year, and. Uh, you know, my wife and I have just uh, been loving church, loving ministry. We have one two-and-a-half-year-old. Um, his name's Benjamin. We call him our little Benjamite, and uh, <laughs> he's the best. And, um, yeah, I just uh, I, I write songs for our church. Everything kind of is filtered through our church. How can we teach our church the truths about Jesus, who he is, what he's done? And so that's kind of been just the way I write. Uh, this new record I'm working on is... Uh, a little bit different, and we can talk about that, but yeah, uh, just kind of a new season, maybe with COVID, I've just been kind of exploring and writing maybe a little different, but yeah, I just love songwriting, uh, working on a new record, and I mean, it's been an interesting season with church and COVID and stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about too, but uh, we've just been living it day by day, you know, as far as church life and family life, and you know, the only thing that's been consistent really is change, Yeah, and so... It's just kind of rolling with the punches every day. But that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Sweet. Um, Did you always want to be a music pastor? No, not at all. I um, hated church growing up. Really? Never liked going to church. Parents would drag me to church. I didn't like it. I actually ironically waited outside for the music to be finished then I'd walk in. For some reason, the music is what I liked the least. Interesting. And not that it was a weird music or a weird church. It was a great church. Um, But... I just thought I was too cool for that. And high school punk, you know, and everything kind of changed when I decided to go to church on my own instead of being dragged to church. And I drove actually to a different church. I drove to CLA, and never been to that church in my life. Don't even know how I really got there. I just drove on a Sunday morning, found myself in the parking lot, walked inside, and. Pastor Brent at the time said, You know, think of all your talents and offer to God. And I put my hand up. I said, Lord, use me in music. And I put my hand down right away because I was like, I don't like this music. I don't play an instrument. I don't care about this stuff. Why would I even say that? And um, I knew it must be God because it was just so weird to me. And a couple of days later, I got an email from a guy who wanted to teach me guitar. And at the bottom of his email, he said, I don't teach people for money. I teach people who want to use their talents to glorify God. So literally, answered the prayer from two days before no way so i met this guy he's a teacher at pacific academy and so i went to his school sat with him and you know god just really helped me learn very quickly and not to take credit that i'm a phenomenal musician but it's almost like he just had this job and he's going to take the twit at the back who knows absolutely nothing and just train him and use him and so it's just not what i would have expected at all and um And that was going into first year university. So I didn't really play anything until university. It's just been a wild ride ever since, but just blown away at God's faithfulness and just what happens when we kind of follow without even getting it.
1: (laughs) Totally. What was, uh, I guess, the plan before that? Like you were in university, what were you kind of aiming towards? And then it sounds like, Because it's funny, oftentimes I'll talk to a lot of people who ministry was never their first uh, choice, and then all of a sudden they're like, they find themselves in it. The Lord just brings a call upon their life that they can't shake. Uh, What was that for you? I
2: was in the business program at Trinity Western, and I started a company right after high school. Not a lot of people know this. It was called GR Performance, and it uh, it was like a car shop. I'm obsessed with cars. And so that's when like Fast and Furious came out. So we were like selling body kits and blah, 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 rims, carbon fiber hoods, whatever. And um, that was just my passion. So I went to business school to kind of learn how to run my business.
1: Sweet. And then it shifted. Did you finish your business degree? or Did you uh, do like some biblical studies and then yeah. with that aim towards?
2: Yeah, I transferred out right away and kind of dropped everything and did a, got a Bachelor of Theology and um, just wanted to make sure as I'm leading, as I'm writing, that I'm theologically sound. And so I kind of just dropped everything, closed the business, you know, just went
1: 100%. I love that, dude. So you're here in BC um, on a freeway. We'd probably be about 20, 30 minutes away from each other currently. Totally. Um, but here in Vancouver, a lot of people, uh, it's, there's quite a coffee scene. I don't know. Are you a big coffee guy?
2: You know people think I should be cuz I have a child and I'm f- yeah. flipping tired but I just don't drink coffee.
1: Did you ever drink coffee? No.
2: Like I've so I've what? had it but I just like I'm not like I don't know. I just rely on the spirit man to keep me awake. <laughs> That's
1: right. One of my one of my pastors he just never cared for the the taste of coffee but for his caffeine he would drink Coke Zero. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so he, he just loved that like for so him funny. it was this perfect, but listen, why don't we get into a little bit of discussion here about um, all things worship. I mean, we're just going to see where this goes, but so much of the time when I think about musicians, when I think about um, you know what it takes to, to write music, play music, I, all the time I'll think, okay, it takes a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of practice and practice takes time. So you're a man now with a family and uh, where do you find the time to do this? <laughs> to to be able to i mean maybe one half of it is you're a worship pastor but there's also like a a creativity side that that you need how how do you find the time to be able to pursue this
2: i mean obviously it's quite challenging with kids but um you know i just put benji down for a nap so we can do this yeah was he was he tired not fully <laughs> <laughs> but uh off to bed you go buddy um but you know you find time it's definitely more sparse than it used to be, for sure. And so you just have to really schedule it, be committed to it. You know, like I find even for me, like I do a lot of songwriting and I did a lot of songwriting in Nashville when I could go back. I try to go back every three, four months before COVID, obviously. And mm-hmm. um, I just notice whenever you schedule in your calendar, okay, i are going to do a three-hour writing session, God always does something. Mm. If we put the time, uh, he honors that. And it's either something sparks, or a friendship is made, or a chorus, or a full song, or a melody, or whatever. There's always something that comes out of it when we make time. And so it's just a matter of being committed to putting in the schedule from 8 to 10 p.m. I'm going to just get away, or as soon as Benjamin goes down to bed at night, I'm just going to get away and just spend time with the Lord and you know, have a Bible, a guitar, and a pen, and a paper, and kind of see what happens. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's making the effort... And even if it's a 30-minute, 40-minute, just as long as you actually carve out, make space for it. I find when I don't do that, I'm not seeking inspiration. I'm kind of going about my day and just not really focusing. You know, you get distracted with a million things. But when you carve the time, he speaks when we're silent and we wait mm-hmm. on him. Yeah.
1: I love that. What's your songwriting method? I mean, you kind of just alluded to it there, but how much of it's collaboration? Mm-hmm. Is it... Do you, will you schedule a retreat? Because every three to four months seems like that would be not enough time to really go kind of into some deep work because that's only every three to four months.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, it's really important for me, and I've noticed when people collaborate, which I love collaborating. I love, love, love collaborating, but I felt like for me the weakness could be, I have this really great song idea. Let's just you know call some guy who's phenomenal and he'll help me finish it. And then I'm not actually exercising the gift of writing and the skill of writing. I'm just kind of coming up with an idea, passing it off, not exercising the muscle of writing. Mm. You know, I uh, have a show that used to be on a platform called Pure Flix. Our contract just ended with them, but it's just like driving around with different songwriters and worship leaders and just kind of talking about music and ministry, songwriting, production, whatever. And um, I did one for season two, which is not out yet with JD from Hillsong United. And he just says, you know, Like you got to write a thousand bad songs. Well, that means putting time and some of that might be collaboration, but I encourage people to actually just sit and, you know, work really hard, sweat over it. You know, don't just give up and pass it off to someone to kind of finish. Mm -hmm. That's just something that I've been convicted of lately. And so, um, and I've been able to practice that, not traveling anywhere, writing with different people. I've just been, all right, I'm doing a new record. And I'm going to just like this one sentence is bugging me and I'm going to just work my butt off until I'm happy with how I finish the sentence. So it's just really important to just chip away instead of trying to, you know, pass it off.
1: Yeah. Um, for your music that you write, are you writing, how do you describe it? worship songs or are these uh, Christian songs like aimed at the Lord is, is every song a worship song and where do you find that distinction? Because there's, I would say there's a difference between, congregational worship songs and then even people offering up a song to the Lord. How would you separate those? What do you find yourself doing these days?
2: That's so such a good question. I feel like, so the last record I did, which I did in Nashville, was very congregational. And that was the intention, you know, again, thinking of two filters, the word of God and our church family. How do we teach the word of God to church family? So that record was very specific, congregational, every song. I find myself in this new season Writing. So we've done 15 songs, which is a lot. I don't think we'll release all of it at once. I'm trying to kind of navigate what's the best way to kind of engage with people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe four or five of them are very strategically congregational. Uh, Some of them are just listen. You know, the one that I'm going to play for us later today here is a song called Abide in Me, and and I can share the story later. But it was just God singing over me in a moment where I was just very stressed, overwhelmed, Easter production, blah, 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 whatever. And um, God just, you know, Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, the strong, mighty one who saves. He takes the light in you, he quiets you with love, rejoices over you, with singing. And in that moment, he just sang over me. And I kind of heard it and just kind of sang it back. And so that one would not be a congregational song. It's almost like, hey, sit, close your eyes and just listen to Jesus sing these words over you. So this new record is very much kind of all over the map. And I think it really illustrates me because I feel like my life is all over the map. And so some of it is congregational for Sunday morning. Some of it is just close your eyes, be ministered to. Some of it is storytelling of a testimony of what God's done in my life or in my family's life. And so is all of it worship? Yes. But I mean, if, like you mentioned, there is a distinction between, you know, a Sunday morning congregational. Let's point our church family to the Lord and kind of just sit with it and be ministered to.
1: Totally. Well, and even adding in, like you see David writing Psalms of Lament. Totally. Like songs of pain and and frustration and anger and confusion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a unique way to express emotion in that way, because often we don't, like we can just hold it in. Like, so when you said you can, you find your life's all over the map, I think people can interpret that two ways. One could be, um, you know, like, you're in a lot of, you have a foot in a lot of different camps, so you're just constantly jumping around between stuff. But another way could be like our lives, we just feel scattered spiritually and, and scattered emotionally, especially during COVID. I mean, how have you found this time? Like, let me ask you this. What has your church been doing to engage in song together? Because some churches now are opening back up. Some have made the decision not to, which I think um, is is difficult for people who just, we need to be able to sing. How have you guys been going about that? And uh, how, how has that been for you?
2: Yeah. So we opened up about four or five weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, 50 people downstairs, 50 people in the balcony, as long as there's separate entrance, exit, et cetera. So we have two services actually. We're launching a third one next week and um, it's been good. I think what I've learned is we've been watching church online for five months and god has really been speaking to me and i feel like my eyes have been open to we've kind of been watching church for 200 years Mm. we've been very consumer come in see what we're doing look what's happening on stage look at the band look at the lights look at the smoke look at the great communicator yeah we've just been watching Mm. and i think god graciously has been showing me that this time of COVID really stopped all of us on our tracks, at least it stopped me in in my tracks and helped me reevaluate what is church? What is it supposed to look like? And you know, I don't know if what we were doing before is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, I'm just getting fresh perspective of what church should be. And so when we came back, I felt like I told the church, you know, you've been watching church for five months, The last thing we want you to do is come live and just watch again. Yeah. The church is us. We are the church. We're the people. You know, we sing hymns, psalms, spiritual songs towards one another. We share testimony towards each other. We encourage each other, you know. And so my heart was I wanted to make sure every aspect of our service was interactive. Mm -hmm. So there's no part of the service where you're watching. And so... You know, we usually read a passage of scripture during worship at some point in the music. And when I say worship, I mean the musical worship of the service. And so I said, okay, how about from now on, instead of me just reading the scripture, I'll just say in the room of 100 people, would anyone like to read Psalm 100 this morning? Cool. And now all of a sudden it's like, not everything's coming from the front. Someone just kind of yells from the balcony and reads the scripture over us. And now it's like the barrier between stage and people is gone we're kind of one community encouraging each other and wow, we just read this passage on goodness. And, you know, I'm thinking of you, brother, I know what you've been through during COVID. Do you mind just sharing your story of God's goodness in your life? And then he just turns around and just looks at the people and kind of shares his testimony of God moving in his life. And then we pray for him. And I just feel like that's what I want church to be. We can't go back to the old model of everything up here, come and watch again. We've been watching for a long time. And I think, now we've been watching online, and when we come back together, let's not watch anymore. Let's actually be the church together and interact together and be community.
1: I love that. I mean, this idea of activating the body, mm-hmm. totally, like shaking, awakening. Like I, I've, we felt this uh, at West Side, and I've just been feeling this in my own soul that there's uh, the whispers of renewal are coming, mm, totally. and the idea that like in all believers, I think we're just starting to feel it, like this feeling of renewal happening yeah, within yeah. the church. And I think a large part of that is yeah, getting activated again mm-hmm. into the life of the body. And actually, yeah, like no longer just consuming, but how can we now yeah, uh, with our hearts, mind, soul, and body yes. engage? Yeah. And so I, I always appreciate that. Like, you know, when we sing, that's a, a physical act of worship we're doing, right? When we raise our arms, that's a physical thing we're doing all of these things are deeply spiritual and deeply physical. And we see that displayed fully in Christ because like, this is part of the human experience is things we do are spiritual. Yes, but they're also very physical. And I think that like, like pedals on a bicycle, we have to channel both and understand that both are important. And the the physical side um, of this is, is huge.
2: Totally, man. Totally. And I get so fired up when I, when I hear that this is happening in the church, like capital C, like we've needed it so bad. And and I feel just so grateful to God um, that he allowed us to press pause because we've just kind of been running and running and running and running, doing this thing. We all kind of feel this holy discontent, but no one's saying anything about it. No one really understands or can put their finger on it. And then all of a sudden the whole world goes on pause and we stop running and we realize, whoa, like what were we running towards? yeah what are we doing and so god is just so good to us to allow us to have this time to kind of what's priority what's important what are we doing what needs to die and stay dead what needs to come back you know it's just very interesting and so i'm just so grateful for this time as hard as it's been yeah i see a lot of the fruit and it's just very exciting that um churches across our city are just kind of getting this fresh wind fresh fire
1: I know and it's it's unique to think that maybe even some of the songs that you're writing can actually be part of that expression. People will be able to sing them and connect with the Lord in adoration to the Lord and it's you you you're sitting there being like the Lord gave me this song. I you know, I don't necessarily know how all of this stuff came about, but he's now using this thing. Like we we start to realize that we're part of something bigger.
2: Yeah, we had someone say in our staff meeting, "Oh, you know, we know how to do church." And it's like, well, do we? (laughs) Like, you know, we've got a really well-oiled machine, but do we actually know what church is? Is it about, and you know, people, there's some churches that are really heavy on formation, on teaching theology, theology, theology. That's super important. There's some that are very focused on like, you know, the experience and the presence. There's some that are focused on mission. All those are so good Mm -hmm. and they need to all be together. We just heard a podcast with Jason Ballard and, Uh, a guy named Glenn and and they kind of talk through this and it needs to be all of it. And with all of it, there's imperfection. There's no seamless transitions. There's no, it's not perfect. We've been trying to get this perfect seamless service. And, you know, is that the goal or do we make space? And when we make space, it gets awkward. There's a moment of silence, big deal, you know? And so I was just trying to find this balance of, you know, what is, Sunday morning is supposed to look like when we gather. So Yeah.
1: Well, I'm sure it's going to look a lot different for a lot of churches, and uh, that's an exciting thing to see how the Lord will, will meet us in that.
2: It really is, man.
1: Andrew, one of the things that uh, we have on this program is you're going to be uh, performing a song. Yes. And uh, we have a song here that you have written. I think you said it was the one, it was called Abide in Me.
2: Yes. Do
1: you want to talk us through a little bit of, uh, of that song, whether or not it's the... The, you know, the chorus and a, and a verse or something like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it was during our Easter service a couple of years ago, and it was Holy Week, and I was just so tired. We were doing, like, this really huge service, and I was just so overwhelmed and so much to prepare, et cetera. And I came home, and I was just, you know, one of our— we did a—every night we did a night of prayer and worship mm-hmm. and Holy Week. And uh, one of my friends was just teaching on John and just talking about, you know— I'm the vine, you're the branch. You know, you know. Do do not forsake me, and don't you know abide in me. And you, what you can you can't do anything without you know all this stuff. And so, I just came home and I was like, wow, am I actually abiding in you? I feel like I've just been doing my own thing at my own pace with my own strength, and I'm just fading fast. Mm-hmm. And so I just grabbed my guitar and I was just praying to God and worshiping Him and just sitting in silence, reading His Word, reading that passage John 15 again, and. It's almost like the Lord just like saying these words over me. And I'm very, very hesitant to say that God gave me a song because there are people who come up to me and said, hey, God gave me the song and I listen to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't you dare blame the Lord for that. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord is a way better songwriter than that. How dare you? Um, So I'm extremely hesitant, (laughs) but I really do feel like it was something that God just, you know, sang over me and just reminded me that he is, you know, who he is and who I am and for me to just stay close to him. And I needed that. My soul needed that in that moment. And so the song kind of was just all kind of came about in that moment that night. And uh, it's just been a, it was a gift to me. And so we recorded it really stripped back, really simple, away with like kind of the noise of what a lot of music is these days. And that moment was intimate and quiet and peaceful. And so we tried to just capture it quietly and peacefully, and it was uh, it was precious when God gave it to me, and it was also precious when we got to track it. I just felt just his presence in a really cool way.
1: Sweet, man. Hey, Andrew, well, let's listen to a little bit of this.
2: Let's do it.
0: I am the vine, you are the branch, do not forsake me. Come and reside with me, and I'll show you my glory Abide in me I am the bread of life with me you won't go hungry I am the way, I am the truth Receive my mercy Abide in me So stay close Don't let go For the seed I plant brings peace That always grows Stay close Don't let go Abide in me I am the first I am the last I hold the middle I am the door, come enter into peaceful meadows Abide in me So stay close, don't let go For the seed I plant Brings peace that always grows Stay close Don't let go Abide
1: Andrew, as we hear uh, that song, to you, what is one of the most tender and meaningful pieces of that song to you?
2: That's a good question. I think for me, the recording of the song really does take me back to the moment the song was sung over me. And so that moment in itself was just super precious. Here I am working my butt off, trying to do all these things, good things for the Lord for Easter and all that prep. And he just kind of quiets me with love and just says, hey, just stay close. And um, for him to be so patient with me as I keep, that's the cycle. I just keep, okay, yeah, okay, I'll stay close, I'll stay close. And then I go about doing my own thing. And then I get tired again. Okay, no, okay, I'll come back, I'll come back, stay close. And so just his patience with me, um, everything I just feel like, you know, my friend Jay Stewart uh, recorded this with me and, we were just able to capture that and even just experience that together when we were capturing it. And so it's just uh, the most tender is just the realization that that's what he's singing over me. And I just hear it throughout my day. Just reminded to stay close, stay close, stay close. Specifically during COVID when our minds wander and, you know, we look to the left, there's fear, look to the right, there's anxiety. And he just says, hey, just look to me, come close.
1: yeah. Well, Andrew, man, this has been a a great conversation. I I appreciate it. It was fun. It was laid back. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you and look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having
2: me, buddy.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, Ben Lowell, CEO of Back to the Bible Canada's In Debt.
2: If you listen to today's program, you're either a young person looking to understand how the Bible speaks to current issues of life, faith, and culture, or you're someone passionate to see young people grow in their walk with Jesus and understand the Bible. We want to thank you for being with us and encourage you to touch base by emailing info at or in the U.S., info at Also, we want to let you know that Indoubt is a ministry that only exists through the support of donors. So every gift of any amount means so much. For more information, visit indoubt.ca or in the U.S.,
0: indoubt.com.